Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you, everyone. And I want to just say a couple of words to those of you that have sent your monetary gifts in the last few days. We, we were in a time of great challenge in terms of our finances and here come your gifts and so many of you we've never heard of you before you are just persons filled with the joy of the Lord and sharing your finances and we thank you you were directed by the Holy Spirit to do that it arrived I cannot tell you almost to the minute on time so thank you And I want to share with you, it's something that you don't hear shared very much, if at all. Um, I address it just sometimes, maybe I should address it more. Uh, So let's jump right in. It's in Psalm 96, just a few texts to get our feet wet. Okay, Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim good tidings of His salvation from day to day. Okay, we could go on actually. It's all part of the idea, but just go to Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. Okay, and finally in Revelation, in chapter 5, which I believe describes the ascension of Jesus to the Father. And we still live in the reality of this chapter 5. And in verse 9, after Jesus, who's described as the Lamb as it had been slain, and he ascends to the right hand of the Father, the glory of God, and verse 9, they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book to break the seals, for you were slain, did purchase for God with thy blood from every tribe, and tongue, men of every nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Okay, 
you notice the word that comes up every time in those texts is sing to the Lord a new song and then finally they sang a new song singing you know it's something especially in our western world that is grossly overlooked the bible is full and i use my word carefully the bible is full of singing people in fact they were more than singing they themselves became the song and so every part of their mortal being was involved and you read of them not only singing but clapping with hilarity they were dancing before the Lord Uh, their hands were raised sometimes they were prostrate sometimes they were kneeling sometimes they were standing but always it was the song that they were singing I don't know if you've noticed that but reread the whole Bible and mark off every time people uh, it says rejoice which of course the word rejoice involves song and dance you, you cannot just do that in a monotone in fact joy the word joy itself has the suggestion that it's about to burst into song uh, what's the other one? Gladness of heart. Uh, again, it's, it's that inner rising of song that is liable to spill over your lips. Song. Um, and, and when we read this, let us get it settled right from the beginning. We are not talking about professional singers. I've got nothing against professional singers. Um, not, not at all but the 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 scripture is addressed to all persons did you notice in those psalms it was the command of god did did you hear that that's some command that many people have not heard the command sing to the lord and put exclamation point sing to the lord it's a command command And, and so this is to all people not just those who have the gift of being able to sing on key and in beautiful note professionally no this is addressed to all people and sometimes the psalms uh, would come to the person who says well i just can't keep a note that's okay says the psalms make a joyful noise to the lord so you sing and a professional might look askance but that's not the point you're singing to the Lord and therefore it says let this dimension and hear me now this dimension of your humanity be expressed to the full sing, sing to the Lord and so the, the Hebrew persons of the Old Testament these covenant persons would sing in the fields and and as they did so they were blessing God for their harvest and for the rain and the sunshine and the seed and so on they they sang in the house and blessed God who provided them with all that they needed walking the streets when they were alone they sang and their singing came from within and so it's singing with the heart Uh, do you remember in the Psalms David uses the expression which we have 
translated um, awake my glory which really means my essential beautiful wonderful self in covenant with God but he says awake my, my essential self where I dwell in God awake sing he said I will awaken the dawn with my song so can I say it again we are commanded of the Lord to sing to him I, I said not many people talk about this this may be new so, so pin back your ears listen I mean why doesn't it leave that out I'm, I'm very serious because there's plenty of uh, expressions where we proclaim with mouths and we say, in fact, the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, why, why couldn't we leave it at that? Why do we have to introduce this other dimension of singing? Why? Well, what's going on here? And notice, singing to the Lord. I, and I, I, I'm just giving you scripture. That when, when I say that in, in this singing to the Lord, they also clapped to the Lord. They danced to the Lord. Raised their hands to the Lord. What, what is this all about? It would be true to say that all of the praise words in Scripture, and there are many of them, I, I've taken note of rejoice and joy, there's the word praise, uh, and um, the, there's the word gladness of heart. They are just a few. To go into all the words that are used in the Psalms, there's a vast number of words in the Hebrew language that speak of praise. But all of them seem to hover on the edge of song if indeed they weren't always sung. You understand that the Psalms were sung, first of all. They exploded out of David with tune, with, with melody that he twanged on his guitar. Song. And so the words, when we say praise the Lord, here in the West, we are liable to say it with some uh, pious note to it, which is fine, it's okay. Or we say hallelujah. But remember, when they were first recorded in Scripture, to say them was to be on the edge of singing them, because that's where those words belonged. And even when there's that other word it says in the psalm, shout to the Lord. And that doesn't just mean a, you know, raucous shout. It's rather the crescendo of a song. And so, I tell you, Exodus chapter 15, it's worth a read. That's the first recorded time that a whole choir of myriads of people I mean the whole of Israel was joining in and, and that was a, a regular barn dance to the Lord it, it took place on the shores of the Red Sea as the sea caved back in and swallowed up their enemies and they are finally completely free from uh, the entanglement of the wickedness of Egypt that had held them captive for 450 years and they're free and they 
burst into song, and Miriam, the sister of Moses, grabs a tambourine, and she's banging the tambourine and leaping in the air, and the women join her, and there's singing, there's dancing, and there's tambourines. Um, that's the first public singing to the Lord that we have recorded in Scripture. Mind you, um, they all seem to know what to do. They, they didn't have to be taught how to do it. And so one strongly would believe that they had been doing this back in Egypt as they sang their hearts to the Lord. This was something they knew well how to do. It was not strange that Miriam should take a tambourine and begin to... They had tambourines anyway. Where did they come from? They'd been carrying them along with them. They, they, this was how they expressed their love and devotion to the Lord. And then there's those feasts, you know, the feast of Passover that begins the year and all the feasts in between where the peoples came together to worship God, coming to the crescendo there in the fall with the Feast of Tabernacles. And... There, there was singing, and again I say dancing. I know this is upsetting some of you, but I'm not talking just as a charismatic. You see, this is in the Bible. That's where uh, we, we have to pull up short and, and take another look at our own experience of God. That, that in the Feast of Tabernacles, they waved their palm branches, and they danced around the altar, and they sang, and they praised God. It was the time of just simply celebrating the one who had brought them all the way through their year. And now he was himself the promise of all their futures. And interesting, when they would come to those feasts, of course there was no cars or airplanes, they came on foot, on donkey, on camel, and they came from all over Israel. And some of those feasts in later days, they came from other countries where they'd emigrated. And here they come, streams, thousands of pilgrims all converging on Jerusalem. And as they did so, there were certain psalms that they sang as they came up the mountains. And on the top, they would see Jerusalem. And you'll find them at the end of the book of Psalms. They're called the Songs of Ascent. As they ascended to Jerusalem, so they sang those Psalms at the end of the book of Psalms. Song, song, song. I say, let me say it again, the whole Bible is full of people who sing, have actually become one with their song, and they are expressing with their whole, whole person. Now, this wasn't just being happy. Of course, it went far beyond happy. It was joy. But how can I put this? There was, there is, and this is where I believe we have missed so much in these days. Because there is, not merely was, there is a connection with the depths of the love and the love power of the Holy Trinity that can only be known in singing. Yes, you heard me. 
can only be known in singing. It's another dimension. There, there is saying something, and then there's singing which carries you somewhere else. And we come across it in the scripture, and it's not uh, looked upon as unusual. Let, let me give you an example. Saul the king. Do you remember that fellow? He is a madman in many respects. Uh, he needed desperate help. Uh, and he, his problem was the oppression of demonic powers that, that would plunge him into the deepest, darkest despair, which would even erupt into uh, attempting to kill people. And David was called, and he was only a kid. I mean, seriously, I, I can't give you his age from the Bible, but he, it's, it's around 14 or 15. But he came, and all he had to offer this king was the power. Don't say that quickly. Let it wait. The power that was to be released from the heart of God through singing praise to God. Are you following me? The enormous love of God, which is the greatest power in the universe, connected with and released into the situation as David would sing praise to God the Lord. And so it was, he sat in front of the man, the king, who was in such utter darkness, it's doubtful even knew David was there to begin with. And David, with a little guitar, began to sing praise to God, and connected with such light, connected with such life, God light, God life, God power, which is God love, that Saul was called out of the pit of despair and suddenly sat up and looked around and the demons had departed. Demons fled at the presence of song that was directed to the Lord. Think about that. David understood this. He understood it so well that when he became king, the very first thing he did was to establish the symbol of the presence of God upon Mount Zion, which essentially was his sort of backyard, and then to employ 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in shifts of those who would sing praise to God and bring in the orchestras to do whatever instrument they had as an act of worship to God. And so from the very center of Jerusalem, the center of the whole kingdom of David, there arose continual giving thanks and praise to God attended by everything you could blow or twang or bang. Orchestras, 
the sound of praise to God. And during the reign of David, it was the image, shall I say, the shadow, the foretaste of the kingdom of God came to that place. Do you follow me? Something happens when one sings to the Lord. There's a connection made at the deepest level of the human that communicates to other human as you sing to the Lord. You get it? Okay, one, one, well, there's Jehoshaphat. Do you remember Jehoshaphat? It's worth a read, 2 Chronicles 20. And and Jehoshaphat has been caught with no, no... army to speak of, just a skeleton fellows, everyone was gone on other missions and Jehoshaphat and the women and children and all the persons are left in Jerusalem and that's when all his enemies got together and came against him and, and he, he calls to the Lord and he says I, I, I don't know what to do my eyes are upon you and the result of that I don't know the whole story, but the result of that was he, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, was to send out whatever little armies he had, but but they would be led not by their generals or crack uh, swordsmen or sling holders or whatever, no, they would be led out to face their enemies by the choir of praisers and singers from the temple. Don't read that quickly. That's not a fairy story. He was saying that all the power of God's protection and power to put enemies down lie in a bunch of songsters from the temple who without a weapon in their hand but with their hands raised went out ahead of the army singing your loving kindness, your covenant commitment of love toward us is present with us in every hour. And it says so specifically, it says, when the song of the Lord began, that's when the first notes ascended into the atmosphere. It says at that micro moment, confusion fell upon their enemies and they got so befuddled and upset with each other, they began to attack each other. And by the time the armies of God got there, there was no one left to fight. But it says that began to happen the moment they began to sing praise to God. Please hear that. Please hear it. Maybe one of the most interesting things, if nothing else, this power, this presence of Father and Son and Holy Spirit that was realized in song. It, people talked about it. I, I don't want to say people, I mean persons outside of Israel, way outside of it. It seems that they had a universal awe of these singers. They, they didn't understand it, but they understood enough 
that they knew when the Israelites began to sing praise to God, there was released a power that no demon could withstand and enemies just found themselves unable to fight. And it was when Israel forgot their song and it was when they forgot to give thanks, forgot to acknowledge God in their presence and their presence in his presence and when they acted as if they were just ordinary persons that's when everything fell apart and so when their captors when the powers of Assyria and Babylon came down and with their mighty force could take these people because they were people who had forgotten who they were But when they got them back to Babylon, their captors, hear me, now there's all these people who have been made prisoners of war and and they're transplanted into a certain area of Babylon and, and the Babylonians came to them and said, would you sing us one of the songs of Zion? We've heard about these incredible songs that you sing that have such an effect. And the people wouldn't. They, they said, we're, we're too upset. We're not, and and it, it shows where their mind was at. They had forgotten themselves, the power of their song. This is not to be confused with singing hymn number 431 while the organ plays its slow agony and, and everybody sings and no one really listens to what they're singing and it's just the thing you do before the preacher preaches or in some other churches where you have the praise and worship team who have become performers and and everyone else just stands and watches them and no it's not that that's got little to do with it this is when from your heart There is the giving of thanks and love and praise to God who is who he says he is, has done what he said he would do and is in this micro moment everything that he says he is. That releases the power that I'm talking about. Jesus, it's recorded of Jesus that he rejoiced in spirit which, as I've said, the word rejoice involves the idea of sung praise as one uses almost every part of your body to join in with that. It says Jesus thus rejoiced in spirit. In fact, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the very first announcement of that was in song. You remember, the angel choir sang to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest, and so on. And now Jesus, he continues this. As the human, Jesus who is God, showing us how humans live, or were created to live, he is one who rejoices in spirit. And do you remember the last thing Jesus did before they went to Gethsemane in his sufferings? It says they sang. Think about that. Before he goes to his sufferings and death, he sings 
with his disciples. Can you endure one more? <laughs> Paul and Silas thrown into the jail in Philippi in the most terrible, terrible torture. And they're thrown into the dungeon inside the dungeon. And it says that as they are twisted in, in the way in which their torture took place, they began to sing praise to God. So this means they put enormous, enormous emphasis upon singing because they are at the pits. Every muscle and bone and joint of their body has been intentionally twisted quite apart from being lashed with leather straps with pieces of bone and iron in the end that their flesh has been flayed their muscles and joints twisted and then locked into place and in that extreme agony there's only one thing they can think of doing and that is give praise to God and connected with that praise without going into any detail there's no doubt that praise was somewhat the reason that an earthquake shook that area and specifically that jail so that everything collapsed without killing anybody and everybody suddenly found their chains were off that's the song unto the Lord. It's no wonder Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and songs given to you by the Holy Spirit, making melody in your heart to the Lord. In everything in life, give thanks. Okay. So, I ask the question again, why, why the singing? Why not just saying? You see, when I say, when I speak, then I, I am involving my intellect, my brain. Um, I'm calling upon words to explain. I'm appealing to, to the Holy Spirit in my words to light up your understanding. We're dealing with facts, which is obviously a great part of Scripture. So it's not a put-down, it's the difference. But singing, singing does something else altogether. You might have to think about this for quite a while. But when we sing, I mean really sing, not, not that stuff where your mind is on what you're going to have for lunch. I mean singing from your heart to the Lord. My innermost, my core spirit, my true self, and my mind, and my emotions, and even my body as we've seen, they are open. And I am tapping into my emotions and my experience. In singing, that happens. 
as it doesn't happen when you say something. It's as if your heart desires are liberated. And, and, and I, I, I say with my feeling. And in singing, you see, that's allowed. You can say it, but somehow in singing, the lock is turned, the doors are opened, and, and you're speaking your heart in melody. It's amazing. It's as if your innermost self takes flight and you soar. And the words you sing become the wings on which you soar. There is a connection with the deepest part of yourself. Sometimes with parts of yourself that your brain intellect will not allow out. But in singing you connect and you allow it out. And it's not only that you've communicated with yourself and you're singing to the Lord, but in so doing you communicate with those that you might be heard by. So it's not just words, it's words, but it's not just words, but rather it's words that have communicated with the experience and your most deep feelings behind those words. And you see in the New Testament, did you hear what it says? Be filled with the Spirit. The ascended Jesus filling you through the Holy Spirit. Speak... Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and songs that the Spirit gives you, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So he is saying that the Holy Spirit, in singing, the Holy Spirit unites with your deepest person, and, and, and you, in song, you are speaking directly to the Holy Trinity. In fact, in Hebrews 2, it says that Jesus joins us and he sings with and in us to the Father. And, and so there's as union. I mean, everywhere you look, you, you're united with your total self. Even your body gets involved. You become one harmony. And it comes out of the fact you are one with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And you communicate with the Father. And that has an effect in many, many areas in your life. You've noticed, haven't you, when there's this singing happening your toe begins to tap, have you noticed? And you, you tap the side of the chair. Well, what's happening? It doesn't happen when you talk. It happens only when you sing that your body gets involved automatically. You, you are brought together. Look, on a different dimension, but you're still talking about singing. Why is it that all the commercials on TV and radio sing to you? You ever notice that? 
why do they sing? Yes, you heard, why do they sing? Why couldn't they just say it? They sing because of this. That if they can catch you into the words they are singing, you will find yourself communicating with their message. It's true. Emotion. Emotion. The very word, it means to move out from. It means the going forth from you of energy. It's movement. And singing connects me there. And there's a going forth. But you see, it's not just me, is it? Because Christ is in you, and he's in me. And therefore, the going forth of my emotion is the going forth of the fullness of who Jesus is. Singing. And you know, singing is play. Really. It's play. And I'm talking again, not about you know, rehearsing for 10 weeks for, for a big professional. That's, that's good. But this is when you and I sing. It, it produces a playful, playful. Um, when, when you're singing to the Lord, it's never associated with doing a duty. You're singing. Um, one of the things I'll never forget from Africa out in the jungle areas when they went to work they would sing and they had a song for the harvest and they had a song for the planting and so on and and you would have all of them everybody out there all singing these songs which made it was not work as we understand work there was this dimension of play to it and that can be in other areas at least in older times when people were in touch with who they really were modern times we don't do it so much but it's there Israel sang I said in the fields they sang on the roads the, the, the ease and the joy so life becomes a dance and a harmony because all that I'm doing is reaching to the depth of my being to be offered to the Lord and receive from Him. You cannot sing to the Lord and entertain dark thoughts at the same time. You cannot sing to the Lord and be anxious at the same time evil in all its forms and anything that would suggest the absence of God flees away what is it in Isaiah 35 I believe where the ransom of the Lord shall come to Zion with singing everlasting joy or that means joy in every hour is upon their head and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The Bible speaks of songs in the night, songs of deliverance. It, it's, it's basic to our creation. That's how we were made. You know, the scripture says that when God spoke his word of power in Genesis 1, that the angels of God sang 
And I find it very hard to believe that the voice of God sounds like Charleston Heston or, or some other Hollywood figure and, and is just, you know, let there be light. Um, if, if the angels are all going nuts, singing for ecstatic joy, I believe the voice of God in creation had in it the cadence and the rhythm and the harmony of song. Can, can, can you see this, this universe? It, it was birthed in the song of God. And, and I think many of you know this, but I want you to think about it, that all creation sings, at least the Bible sees them singing. Jesus said that if you don't sing his praise, then the very rocks of the earth will cry out. Well, yeah, they do. And, and scientists, and you can find all their findings and even have recordings of the songs of the rocks are singing and the planets are singing their own song. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, that's not science fiction. And, and the Bible speaks of the waves of the sea. And, and that, you know that's true. You go and you hear the waves and, and you, your body feels that rhythm and that harmony. It speaks of the wind, and as it goes through the trees, it speaks of the trees clapping their hands and singing praise to God. I'm sure you've heard recordings of the song of the whales. Birds sing, insects sing. And did you know that when the birds sing in your garden, they put out such an energy it makes the grass grow? Well... That's true, but that's something else, isn't it? Mankind, you and I, we're at the head of creation, and we have to pick up the whole of creation and present it in song to God. If you're in a, in a liturgical church every Sunday morning in the Eucharist, you, you will hear it says that we give voice to all creation. Do you remember that? We give voice. When you give praise to God, you're, you're gathering up your cat, your dog, the squirrels and the deer and your... Oh, you're, you're, you're saying, here we are. I, I represent and I offer all creation's praise to you. It's part of our human fullness. This is what a real human is is described as giving thanks to God and he's in union with his creator God and he's in union with his own self in union with other humans who are in turn part with giving praise to God in union with creation this harmony this rhythm of love and life expressed from creation by you and I. Sin. There's many dimensions to sin, and, and one of the dimensions is sin brings in a word that was never known before, which was separation. And man perceives himself to be separated from God and separated from others 
and he's clueless now about himself, he's chaos inside, and he's separated from his planet. And so there's discord, there's disharmony, and that song of praise has become the screech of something that is fundamentally out of tune with all reality human in sin and Romans chapter 1 tells us the very first mark of sin was mankind stopped singing his praise he says he no longer gave thanks to God and the content of human song became dark it it became despair human song became a report on the futility and unfulfilled longings and sadness and hopelessness of the human human no longer sang to the Lord they sang to each other about the situation they found themselves in And some of that is very beautiful. I mean, no way. (laughs) It takes a person made in the image of God to sing anything. But human song had all the other that we've talked about. It opened up the whole person. It reached down to broken, chaotic emotion. And it had the possibility of opening up to the demonic. Africa understands the power of song and and witch doctors in Africa have great control over the sounds and the singing. Every African drum is dedicated by witch doctors to be filled with demonic power. They can sway the multitudes by the beat of their drum. In fact, while I was in Africa, some leading rock groups paid a great deal of money to witch doctors to teach them the rhythm that demonized the crowds. Oh yeah. But here comes something different, something other. This is singing to the Lord as we were created to do. The world sings to the world of its common experience. We sing to the Lord of His beauty, His perfection, of all His promise and all His work and His work in us, and we sing it and we give Him thanks because there's nothing else to do. It's beyond, it carries us to the very edge of our thoughts, and we stand in wonder at who He is and we sing His praise. And in so doing, we, we, we connect with that love of God in a way we cannot connect when we're just talking about. Connect in our deepest heart, our mind is bathed in something more than just receiving facts. Our soul and our strength. I I was preaching in one place here in the States and um, 
we were sort of hanging loose. It was that kind of situation. But I was speaking of the, this life lived in Christ to the full. And suddenly this old couple at the back just jumped up. I didn't see them talk to each other. They just jumped up and they grabbed hold of each other and they began to do the waltz. Yes, you heard me, the waltz. They waltzed down the aisle. Most beautiful. While I'm preaching, they were waltzing and somehow it gripped the whole congregation that they were dancing the waltz unto the Lord. And, and, and it just, yeah, that's it. Our life has become this dance with God. When I was in Zimbabwe, in southern Africa, I, I had, a, I suppose you'd call it a men's meeting. <laughs> and I had these very powerful-looking fellows that filled the auditorium. And wh when I had finished, there was this, this sense of triumph of life in Christ. And suddenly this fellow jumped up and, and he began to, to weave his body in a dance and it, it looked, I, I didn't know what was happening. And then one after another, they, they all done. And this whole congregation was in this weaving of the dance. And, and they came forward straight at me. And I, dear Lord, what's happening? I, I found out that it was the victory dance of the Zimbabwean people in, in ancient days of war. And they were saying victory to the Lord. But they expressed it. And you see, in, in both those cases, you touch something that words cannot touch. You see, David was not screaming at the devil to get out. He was praising God for his greatness and his goodness, and demons fled. Jehoshaphat, singing the loving kindness of God, endures in every moment. He wasn't singing to the enemy, he was singing to the Lord. Something happened. The going forth of my very spirit, my core, mind, the, the going of my emotions uh, that can be expressed in body. It's, it's in the realm of knowing experientially, not knowing about. It's knowing that you're in union with God, you're dancing with Him, and it falls out in all of your life. It says, does it not, in Ephesians chapter 2, you are God's handiwork. Now, any modern translator of the Bible would agree with me that that word handiwork in the original language is poem. You are God's poem. You're his lyrics. You're the words of his song. And so our song is not only words but it's how we live. It's what we say in a whole life in rhythm and harmony with the love of God, which builds over to love to others and gentleness and kindness and patience and long-suffering. We sing the new song, says Revelation. The Old Testament, well, we read it in those two Psalms. It says, sing a new song. It was anticipating a day yet to come, a day that happened 
on the morning of the resurrection when that new thing happened that had never happened ever before it made the creation of the world look like a Sunday school picnic for the creation of the world sprung forth at the word of God out of nothing but resurrection was the springing forth of life that had overcome death it's one thing for the word of God to call forth life out of nothing this is life out of death and to leave behind a defeated death never happened before and he ascends he's the lamb says John he's the lamb as it had been slain the one who had become one with us in our sin and carried us to death and now brings us out free from death and guilt and shame and the lamb it says Revelation 5 he, he comes to the ancient of days he comes to the glory of God him who sat upon the throne and then he says myriads and myriads believers of all times and places we're singing in union with a trillion 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 others and they sang a new song it had never been sung before he did it he did it he brought us out of death he he cancelled our sin and he brings us into union with the father he sang a new song it's never anticipated indeed talked about indeed but never known until now it bursts out the song of the lord and it goes with things like new creation and new covenant and new birth and we who walk in newness of life here it is you see God himself is the original song and singer Zephaniah 3.17 he says the Lord your God in the midst of you that he rejoices over you with singing. Yeah, do you, mean, do you understand what that says? God the Creator. Can you get this? God the Creator is the origin. He's the original song. And we who have believed in Jesus, who is God, come to us to bring us to where he is. We are united with that song. And we sing it with him. We sing it back to him. The song of the Lord. The song to the Lord. You know, it says in James 3 that the words of our mouth are tremendous power. It says, like, like the rudder that guides a boat, so the words of your mouth. so many people have with the words of their mouth woven the life they live but okay if our words spoken are of such power now can you see those words in song which as I've tried to say carry us to another dimension there, and words that come out of our mouth and yet they originate in my spirit joined with Jesus 
it boggles the mind the potential of singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord a human can sing a song that brings peace harmony and sleep to a little child or to a sick person a war song can unite a group of independent persons into a fighting force a song can cause you to weep a song can cause you to laugh and dance it's amazing and the Bible again and again and again says this is God's domain this is an area in which he has called us to dwell and so I call upon you to obey this command of God sing to the Lord a new song and, and yeah I know there's still somebody saying well I, I can't hold a tune I, I can't sing a note I, no I wasn't talking didn't you hear me earlier this is not for the professional though they they can enter into this you have to forget about singing the perfect song and realize you're singing to the Lord but a professional can use everything I've said but I am speaking to ordinary persons and you're singing to the Lord not to an audience you're not going to be judged by Simon Cowell. You see, it's, it's not that you're having an audition. You're singing to the Lord. Therefore, the, whether you keep on tune is neither here nor there. In fact, tune is very personal. This is sitting, having coffee with the Lord and just chanting raising your voice into a tune as it comes out um, and to realize that you and the Holy Spirit in Christ are singing to the Father and singing to the Father the song that he gave to us in Jesus and in your song if, if you're facing horrors then you can sing your horrors that you're facing and in your song then move into all that he is as David did in Psalm 3 just for an example there's plenty of them many there be that say of me there's no hope for him in God but thou O Lord art my glory the lifter of my head you see he sang that I can sing my feelings I can reach down into the depths of myself and I can sing it and I can draw it all into who he is and who I know him to be. No, you'll, you'll never record your song. It's not for anybody else. It, you, I might say to congregations, to pastors, the song of the Lord can transform your church. You know, I've been in churches where they actually bring in outsiders and pay them because they can sing. And, and so their praise and worship or whatever they've got up there, the choir, it's all a paid thing and, and they do a beautiful job. But there's no connection with the Holy Spirit. There's no reaching into the depths of our emotions to present ourselves to the Lord. It's not that. 
Can I speak personally just for a moment? And I know sometimes that's very odious, but when I was pastor in Brooklyn, New York, we tapped into this. And they were hours I will never forget when we had around a thousand people there and spontaneously we began to sing praise to God not with a conductor and not with a score before us but each it would appear to be their own particular song and tune and yet and yet it all harmonized together in one glorious sound like Revelation 5 myriads of myriads all singing and no one consulted anyone as to what they were singing and yet it all fitted together into a song and a sound that caused persons to be healed as they stood in the midst and persons to come to know Jesus just by being there. So much so that Juilliard um, Conservative Music they had professors from Juilliard who came to the meeting to write it down. They'd heard about it and they said, we want to get this written down in musical form. And they came to me afterward and said, this is something I've never known before or seen before. I couldn't write it down. It was a heavenly song that was dropped into the heart of a congregation. And now, I mean, fifty <laughs> percent of that congregation were drug addicts that had come to the Lord in the last weeks and months. Others came from the, you know, myriads of apartments squashed together in New York City, and I mean, what I'm trying to say is, they, they these were not some spiritual elites they just opened up and the song of the Lord began I'm sort of leaving you hanging on that um, because you can't learn about this without doing it and so the next time that you're alone with God just begin to sing, make up the tune, let the words flow from your heart into the heart of God. Go out into a lonely place, if you will, whatever, but let let it be, let there be the obedience to this command and see where the Holy Spirit will take you. So I bless you, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and teach us your song, whereby we shall experientially walk and move within the Holy Trinity. And all men shall see your glory and glorify you, O Lord. And your gifts and your blessings shall flow. In the name, Lord Jesus Christ, be made great. So I bless you this night. That is the way it is.